Before the Deeper Dives, this is your host, Jay Wald. And this is season two, episode 23. And Don, before I start, yeah. wow, this is a great one. This it is was. a great one. <laughs> we heard a bomb. Very powerful. Today. Yep. <laughs> Very powerful one. Yeah, this person I know awfully, awfully well. A little, yeah, very, very well. You do know her very yeah, well. Right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but first of all, before we go on there, I want to thank you, Don, for being the world's greatest co-host. Oh, you're welcome, Jim. Makes everything possible for you. You make me look good, actually. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> Just kidding with you. Um, but thank you once again for that. And we also want to thank our, our podcast listeners, you know, for any type of question, comments they may have. You know, you can contact us at 954-388-8780 via WhatsApp. Yep. Um, and just want to thank you for taking the time. There's a lot of people that listen to us. Some yeah. we just don't know. Yeah. But they do listen, and we want to thank them for that. Absolutely. But now, we are actually doing a series called Let's Talk About Him series. Yep. Spring Revival. Spring Thank Revival. It's yep. Redeemed, recon, re, uh, Reconciled, and Restored. Uh-huh. Remember that? Yep, that's the theme. And the title today from The One is called <laughs> What Time Is It? Why do you always call your wife The One, man? <laughs> She's shaking her head like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess you know by now. You all, who, man. Yeah, I know. I guess I know by now who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> Wanna bring on our wonderful elder, Elder Dion Walden. Elder Dion Walden. Uh, awesome, awesome. It is. Um, before we start, we, we always do, Don. We start with a word of prayer. Yes. Father God, we thank you for this Sabbath day, Lord. We thank you for all you've done for us, Lord. We thank you for just giving us the opportunity to broadcast this message uh, wherever it may go, to whoever heart it may touch, Lord, that you will continue to spread the word to your time will come. Lord, continue to bless this podcast, the components that make things work, speakers, Everything that works, continue to give you the glory. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 What time is it? What a powerful topic. Why did you choose what time is it? Um, This is actually a sequel from Hmm. our all-night prayer vigil Uh on April 17th. That's actually the topic I chose. Okay. Um, because it was only like, a, I think, a 30-minute presentation. Right, right. Which I guess today's preaching was 30 minutes, but I went over it. That's okay. All right, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I just felt it. it's, a, it's, it's um, a profound time that we're living in where I feel that there is a cavalier attitude towards God's people. And as a as a... As um, a consequence to that, I just feel that people are drifting. And so God is sending just some very strong warnings, relevant warnings. And it's it's like the attitude of indifference has set in for people. You're missing it. And I wanted to use that title so that it's um, it creates a, a picture, you know, of a clock. Look at our phone, what yeah, time yeah, yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then to have the meaning beyond that to say, each time you ask yourself what time it is, you should be asking it prophetically. 
Gotcha. gotcha. So as you look at prophecy, yeah, and see all the things that have unfolded up until now, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then tie that in with Matthew twenty-four when Jesus Christ was talking about the signs of the time. Times. I guess you'll ask a little bit about about that. So awesome, awesome. Yeah. Right. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I took your, I know I took your question. Uh, yeah, which uh, we, hey, you, know, you know how we flow. Um, in your sermon, Matthew 24, uh, you talked about Jesus last week before crucifixion, and you were talking to the disciples about the signs. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah, I get a little choked up with that because I, I think of it, you know, that here he was, you know, and I don't want to go off on a tangent because you guys know I love the sanctuary, but <laughs> sanctuary message. But here, the Lamb of God to be inspected, you know, on Passover, they would bring a lamb and, you know, you would expect the lamb. So here's a true Lamb of God in the temple precinct. So he was there. It was the, there where he cleansed the temple, you know. Right. Right. You know, this is my father's house, my house, you know, my father's house should be called a house of prayer and all of that. Yeah. And then... um he sees where the rulers, the Sanhedrin, you know, how self-righteous they were, that they thought they know God, but they didn't know God because the son of God was there. They right. thought they knew prophecy, but they didn't know prophecy, you know. Right. They wanted to kill him, you right. know, at right. any cost, they yeah. wanted to kill him. And right. so I think him leaving, I think he was leaving with his heart broken because we know in Matthew 24 and 25, when he talks about, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how long I would yeah. want to gather you as a hen, gather her chicks under yeah. the wind. Yeah. I think he left with sort of a broken heart because he knew that a few days later, because it couldn't be more than maybe Wednesday or Thursday that week. So he would be crucified on Friday. Mm -hmm. And here the disciples, they're like going to him and say, hey, look at the temple. And, you know, and, and they're like, you know, look at the wonderful marble, the structure and everything. And he told them, you know, he prophesied and told them that not one stone would be left upon them. And 40 years later, yeah. He came through because Titus and his army came in and destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple. Yep. So, you know, here, here he was, you know, telling them about the sign. And then they're asking him, what is the sign of your return? Because, you know, up until then, they, they just think that um, he came to establish a kingdom and to free them from Roman oppression. Yes. But the thing about Jesus, I love about him. He never really gives you a straight answer. Like no. you have a question yeah. he just exactly. he just blows it up he just yeah, yeah, yeah. so he gave them some of the signs some of the prophetic um signs or warnings that would come shortly but also down the road you know yeah. like um, what we talked about with the sign of the end but i love that he went to noah because people sometimes you have the, the skeptics and the cynics that say that it is humanly impossible like the story of, of noah is just a fable but here mm -hmm. you have god himself referencing right. to that and it, it really um underscores the sentiment of that day you know where mm -hmm. The cavalier attitude, the indifference of people that we see that, you know, you find more skeptics, like everybody is like, you know, talk about critical thinking and you have to, you know, um, you have to deduce if this is right or, you know, authenticate. And he was like, listen, this is what's going to happen, right? Um, as it was in the days of Noah with the antediluvian, their behavior, you know, how they lived. Mm -hmm. This is the same thing that's going to happen. And that is the state of unpreparedness because they were just 
living it up. You know, they were just living it up. Noah was warning. And it's the same thing. It's like, I think sometimes we think about the voice of the church. Like, where's the voice of the church today? Because it's being droned out with mainstream media, social, you know, um, social media. It's like, you know, you think about your faith and, you know, see things are happening and said, where is the megaphone of the church to warn that these things are happening? And I think as a result of, I feel the church of God is, is the, um, somehow it's not giving that unique sound, that clarion call. You're finding more unbelievers, more skeptics, agnostics, and you find now where social justice is taking precedence over the gospel. So all of that. And then you find people who are just, they're not, you know, you talk to the younger people and they tell you that, um, I'm not for what you believe. It's like they can't relate because sometimes the gospel, we put it so high in the clouds. Mm. We have not walked it out. It's not practical. So when they see something like social justice, yeah, rise up. And they're like that, but that that is a part mm. of us because God is. God said that his, you know, righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Right. So justice is big with God. Social justice is there. Yes. But social justice is not all. It oh. is really the salvation of man. Yes, yes. That's yes. what Jesus was talking about. Mm. You know, that, you know, here he was two days from that, that time, he was going to die. Yep. Right? He was going to die. He was going to shed his blood for mankind's sin and he was going to leave them. Mm. And he was going to, he had another work to do in the intercessory. And we'll talk about that. But um, I think that's where he wants to kind of set the stage to say, you know, kind of give them a reality check because they still up until then, up until even when he died, remember, they still like, you know, they were disappointed. Like, you know, they still didn't get it. They still did not get it. When he, when he was resurrected, he was talking to them one day and he asked them, I think he said something to them. And he said, after all this time, you still did not, you don't get it. So he said, he breathed the Holy Spirit and their minds were open. So they didn't get it. And I think for us, who has the precious gift of the Holy Spirit from the minute we accept Jesus Christ, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of us. So he's here to lead us into truth, to to give us revelation, to convict us, all of that. And we still don't get it. Yep, exactly, exactly. You're so right, you're so right. You know, this, uh, this is a two-part. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife, she's big on statistics. And I, most of her sermons, when she brings it home, statistically, she's there. You're like, wow, you know, how'd she get all this yeah, yeah, yeah. in on her yeah. sermon? But she mentioned about the Gallup poll. Um, we said the U.S. church memberships on the 80-year trend is yep. down 47%. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying <laughs> right now. Um, people just right now, faith, um, their faith's waning. It's like they don't, there's something about that, uh, what's going on in society that adults don't feel like church is as relevant anymore. You know, um, I was watching recently where we, I talked a little about the whole Christian nationalism and they were just a couple of pastors that were very concerned, not only with Christian nationalism, people are bringing conspiracy theories mm. into the church. Mm. And they were very concerned and they were like concerned as pastors because they say they can either go south 
or the, the, the congregants will take heed. So people are becoming so radicalized in their ideologies about the gospel. And that, so you'll find now where um, I believe, I have a feeling that the church in itself, in its, in its full fullness, there is nothing per se that's wrong with the church is that people are not having relationship anymore. People are not spending time with God anymore. People are depending on the pastors or the, the elders or they're, they're depending on the church to feed them. So you find mm -hmm. that they go to church once a week and they expect that's the food that's going to last them. Last them. You know, Until the next time. They go back again. Yep. And uh, yep. living in this time, listen, if you can't go without food for a day, if you're not fasting, you have to be so disciplined nowadays. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Oh, expect that you can subsist on food for once a week. Mm -hmm. And the Lord says, He said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but, but every mm -hmm. word that proceeds mm -hmm. out of my mouth. And He said, Sick, You should pursue Him. Mm -hmm. He said, If you pursue Him, He's going to show you great and mighty things you do not know. And I feel like people are so casual. Like God has become so casual. God is just like, he's like this, um, he's like on a menu and they just pick and say, oh, I don't feel like I want God today. I want something else. You know, I want to go watch a series on Netflix or something like that. And then you find now we're seeing, so what the pew, what the uh, Gallup poll is saying is a symptomatic, of what people are doing. Yeah. It, it's symptomatic of what Jesus is saying, as it was in the days of Noah. You know, the primacy of some things, people, you know, like in you know, the partying, they like, you know, the, the, the socializing. And none of it, none of this is wrong. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it's when you don't prioritize God. Right. You know, things yeah. become misaligned and it has a consequential effect where then your hearing become dull, your spiritual hearing. Yeah. Then your heart become apathetic because you, you can't feel anymore because you're spurning the Holy Spirit. You're spurning what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And so you find after a while that other things creep in and other things begin to take precedence over God. Your God. Mm -hmm. And so you're yeah. finding that even those like, you know, those adults, you know, so we see there was another survey talk, that talks about 43% of millennials mm -hmm. also who don't believe in God. They don't care and they don't believe. That's mm -hmm. sad. Mm -hmm. But you have two generations or you have several generations. There's never a time where you have so many generations coexisting together. The baby mm -hmm. boomers, the one before the baby boomers, Generation X, the, um, the millennials and the, the Generation yeah. Zs. Mm -hmm. So you find the Ys and the Zs mm -hmm. and you're finding that the X and the boomers that because they're not in love with God, because their faith is not on fire, they're not exemplifying the love of God, the love of their salvation. How were they saved? What was the witnessing? So you find millennials like, hey, we're about millennials right now. They're about economic social justice. Mm -hmm. That's what they're about. Mm -hmm. Their philosophy is that I don't need God if I'm happy. Mm. And it, economically, there is social justice. Mm. You know, I, I work with them. I, I see that um, at my place of work that they would rather get a quote from Confucius or some Eastern quote. And that's, that's that they'll tell me that is their inspiration for the week. That's their inspiration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You said it was a part two, Joe. The part one, part two. What was? Oh, well, she actually said it. They're about to be forty-three percent millennial, so she kind oh, of. Oh, so she's already yeah, answered that. Yeah. That worked. That worked. In. That worked in. <laughs> they are a generation that think with their their feelings. That's how they are, and um, they're very vocal. They're 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 very um, they're very uh, what you call it, vociferous about injustice, social justice. Mm -hmm. and, there are things in the church, like topics in the church, where the church is not facing head on as the LGBT communities, like some of these things that they feel like these, this community is being ostracized and how's the church, you know, handling and, and, and we as a church, we need to get to this place. We can't, there is no delineation where we are saying that there are certain things we address at the pulpit and some things that we don't address at the pulpit. Mm. If they're seeing their peers choosing a um, certain pr um, lifestyle, preferential lifestyle, and they're coming and say, you know, can you show me or can you walk me through this and you don't want to talk about it, mm. you know, they're going to feel somehow that these, you know, this community is not being treated fairly. And so, so many times they either are struggling with similar issues. And I only use that because I know that's one of the reasons that they would say, you know, that um, the church is not relevant to them because the church is not relevant to culture. Mm. And that is sad. Yep. Because Jesus was in a culture where a lot of that was relevant to everybody. Romans were like, in your face, mm -hmm. like who is and all of that and yeah. stuff. And that yeah, what exactly. Jesus came to do his master's business. Mm -hmm. And that is what we know of. When you walk with God, that's how you have to live, you know, in love, but you have to be a, a light. You we are the light. Mm -hmm. You know, so what Jesus said, we are the light. Your life should exemplify the light. And I feel like, as I said, I feel the church to some extent have um, somehow, it's not missed that opportunity, have not capitalized on, on that opportunity to reach out to different communities mm -hmm. and to have different forum. It's not just a preach from the pulpit, it's witnessing mm -hmm. more than that. It's it's going and, and, and seeing how people live and, and assimilating also, as Paul says, you know, if you go to the Romans, you do what the Romans and see how people, so you can empathize. Yeah. So when, issues they can come to you and they can ask you and then you know you talk about jesus you know jesus christ is the greatest of all he was like his witnessing was so magnetic everybody everybody people, wanted it. you know little children everybody mm -hmm. sinner the tax collector you know former prostitute everybody, everybody. jesus why are we why is no one coming to us well that's what my next question was for you Let's bring it down now to our church, our people. We've been in coronavirus for so long and we've been have, we have the opportunity to be able to bounce from one church to another just via the internet. So you would think that because we have the opportunity to be able to experience lots of different services that we would be more spiritually connected to God. Yeah. But however, you're telling me that people are leaving church. Why do you think that's happening within our church? I, I honestly feel it has to do. I remember um, one of my spiritual mentors said to me, if you see someone living a certain way in the sense that um, not 
like happy or you know living up to the the standards of the bible just try to find out about that personal personal devotion with christ i think it all boils down to having a personal relationship with jesus and i mean what i mean setting aside time devotional time not talking about you know couples devotion or kids mm -hmm. devotion talk about you having your personal closeted time like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I feel that is it because I've heard about it like Dawn that you tell me. I've heard people like, you know, it's such a wonderful opportunity too. And I think it's it's prophetic what God did. A global pandemic, like showing the whole world. Like God just dropped the mic. Hollywood, everybody shut up. Like, listen, you know, there's one more greater than everybody who wanted to yeah. talk yeah. about God, criticize God, and people start to scratch. And I think a lot of people start to peer in. The world start to peer in to find from the church what you have to offer church to me. So I'm saying we, many of us, we don't have a relationship with Christ. We're just bouncing from one on one um, stream services to one stream. And guess what? For me to even preach that sermon that I preached today, I had to preach it to me. I know some people say it and it sounds cliche. No, I bawled my eyes out all through the sermon. I actually had a, 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 a a towel beside me to bury my face. Sometimes I tell my my, my family, my, my husband and my son, I said, when I get like this, you guys don't need to console me or anything. It's just me and God. And time. I don't. It's just a God time with me. <laughs> and I'm telling you, just my research, just like reading Patriarchs and Prophets about the flood when Sister White talks about it and, and seeing when the flood came, the panic that was set in them. You know, yeah. those people that the probation was closed, yeah. them, there's nothing that they could do because even if God had open back up his mercy to them they still would have continued to do evil continually i'm saying no, for us it's the same sentiment noah there's a distinction with people who walk with god that you're saying don today when you walk with god you're centered in god you're steady with God. So pandemic are no pandemic. Cancer are no cancer. Divorce are no divorce. Anything you're holding on, you're hold and it's real. It's not when, when they say, oh, it's real. It's like you making Christianity real. This is like when the rubber meets the road. You know, like Job, when everything was taken away from him, he said, though he slay me, yet shall I trust him. This is where we have to get but if you're not there, guess what's happening? Pretty soon you fear, like the people, you know, they see, you know, Sister White talks about it. Yeah. They were like convicted at first, little bit, little bit, like they started listening. Mm -hmm. Then other things start to come back in and that, and they start to drift again. And then guess what? It doesn't have the same resonance anymore. So in the pandemic, everyone at first, oh, you know, this I better get right. You know, the, the, the pandemic coming, you know, like, okay. You know, Netflix have a series on that. I need to go, I need to go binge watch over here. Who will have something? And, yeah. and you'll find the same thing, the phone, the social media and everything. And like, oh, they just there's a casualty about that. It's like to me, I tell the Joe, they know I have water in my house. <laughs> I buy water all the time. I said, listen, we're not gonna be running to Publix when there's a hurricane warning to run to the gas station to get your gas tank fill up and to run to Publix again. I said, listen, there we gotta prepare.
compare ourselves as Christians. We have to be good stewards. We have to be responsible. So we can't just prepare when we see the warning blowing. When the house is on fire, you're going to say, okay, we should have bought that um, fire extinguisher. <laughs> How can you do that? Yeah, this is true. what we're doing now, yeah, God. Yeah. Like, that is why the church, people are just leaving because God is not the center right. of their lives. That's right. Mm. Wow. Okay, so now we're in church and we're in our different ministries and we're working hard in our ministries. We're trying to reach others. Do you think that's sufficient enough to have our walk with God because we do so much stuff in the church? There are benefits to that. And I can say that personally for me, if I wasn't in ministry, I don't think I would be talking like how I talk. I think ministry obligates you Mm. to somehow to stay in the faith somewhat. But if you're giving, 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 and you're not feeling, 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 yeah. at some point, you're going to hit the bottom of the bucket and you're going to dry, 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 right? And you're going to experience burnt out. You, you're going to sometimes maybe get disenchanted or just, just really just disconnected. So that's not all. It's good to do ministry, but it's also good to have a balance. And I've learned to have balance. You need to have balance. Everything you do, you can't do everything. And listen, I've learned over the years, and maybe because I'm in my 40s, that's okay, that no is just as yes. So be very comfortable to say, no, I can't. I'm sorry at this moment. I cannot take on this additional project or I cannot participate in that balance. God wants us to have balance also. Mm-hmm. Awesome. awesome. So basically, I guess in a nutshell, you mentioned about walking with God, it's kind of like being a modern day Noah. Yes. That's mm-hmm. you are. You're warning, but not in the warning sense. Yes, God is coming. But at the same time, you're preserving yourself. You're living. You're, you're living, living, you're the, living life. the lifestyle. Of you're living the life. God. Yes, you're that's living good. the life. You're having your daily devotion, mm-hmm. which is critical. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm telling you, especially in this time and this day and this age, I'm telling you, it's important to be anchored. It's important to be anchored in the faith. It's important to be anchored in the word. It's important to have your mind be fertile in the word because I see things on the horizon coming and there's a spiritual confusion that people are starting to doubt their faith even in our faith people are starting to question their faith and if you're not walking with God when the Bible say not looking to the left or to the right but have your eyes fixed on Jesus so when you have your eyes fixed on Jesus you may hear the cacophony of noises out there saying this and saying that you have the skeptics and you have this and the itching ears where the doctrines are the seducing doctrines of demons you're gonna have your eyes fixed on God it's important I'm telling you I've Amen. never ever seen anything and by just going through this uh, preparing for this sermon it shook me up Dawn it shook me up because I myself must confess, like I said, God, I feel like I have drifted. Mm. I feel like I have drifted because the days would have gone where I know because of we're still in this, the, the pandemic and there's you know um, COVID protocols, mm. but it shouldn't have to take an altar call for people to run to the altar. Exactly. <laughs> 
people would go to the altar because the Holy Spirit is moving them. Now we're looking when an altar call, we're looking at um to see if any sinners. <laughs> you know, we're looking around for any sinners because we we good, we're straight. <laughs> we're not straight at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I like the part where you said um we have to walk with God and you don't squeeze him in. Yeah. Into our schedule. It's like we and I've I know of the quick devotion in the morning as we're going through the door. Yeah. And all those kind of things. And I, I'm covered today and not actually taking the time to really spend time. How much time do you think? is a good amount of time that we really need to spend time with God. And do we need to do it as a devotional with our family or do we need to do it at an individual basis? Both of them are very important to have it corporately. Mm -hmm. individually. It's, it's very important and it depends on the individual, you know, you know, everyone, you know, um, God works through our experiences, our different idiosyncrasies, our personality. You know, some people will take an hour. Some people take 30 minutes. For me, and I don't boast, I, two hours are two. For me, it's, and this is it. Okay, so we have our kingdom prayer, our kingdom woman prayer. And so they do the, we do the six to seven, you know. Right, right. It kind of messes me up because I used to do five to seven with God. Ah. Like I'm trying to work around that because it's like, no, I'm doing the Bible in a year. So by the time I do my Bible, by the time I read my devotion, by the time I pray, by the time I do my hymns, it's like, mm. I can't do it in one hour. <laughs> so, so I have to find that either I'm going to wake up at four, but that's fine. It's just me. Yeah, so, yeah. so if I do that, by the time I start work at nine, I have I already have like three and a half, four hours with God. Right. And while I'm taking my show, I'm doing a little um, podcast, mm -hmm. a little 30 minute sermonette because there's something there that someone else, but because I've spent time. So when you spend time, guess what? You're tuning in your frequency so you can hear the spirit speaks. Mm -hmm. And it's critically important. If never a time as now to journey to journal because he speaks so you write it down you ask god like i i was reading the other day i love i love chronicles and king but i have more so chronicles where david talks david actually developed the model of worship how the 120 priests would praise god how when david was bringing up the ark of the covenant to jerusalem that every six paces he made they stopped and sacrificed to god and i'm like then I wrote in my journal, I said, what did the ancient knew that we today don't know? No. Like, God have mercy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the action must have been amazing. Amazing. Yes. So we, 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 we are looking for miracles and we're looking for them. But we are not even giving him, in, giving him the praise that is true. That is true. Majestic. Yes holy name and i say these things because i look at me and i see myself at times and lord i'm a vagabond <laughs> i feel like a vagabond <laughs> with the covid there were times when literally i would go to bed like seven o'clock in the morning because i'm watching jamie fox with what <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't. <laughs> so by the time my lunchtime, I am scheduling one hour on my phone to sleep to nap because it would get. But I went on that till I said, "Am I losing my religion, Lord? Because this is that." But it just shows you. Yes. 
So is it your humanity? It is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But God, it's not because you can always return to him. Yeah. You know, you can mm-hmm. always return because you see when you set time with God, Don, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's important to set time and keep your schedule. Because yes. he does keep the schedule. He always <laughs> keeps his schedule. Yeah. Yep. He's literally we need to personalize that make God personal. Mm-hmm. It's not he's like some eerie fairy God who sits up in heaven and looks down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is there. He is everywhere he so is with us so if you tell him you're going to spend time with him he's there before you get there that's right that's you know, right he's waking you up to make sure that you come yes yeah. and it is a it's a dialogue it's not a monologue yeah. so a culture where where it's so materialistically centered that is like a laundry list when you go oh god did that oh god that that you know sometimes people ask me so why don't you ask when you pray for stuff it's like, Dawn, I don't typically pray for me because not only because he has gifted me with the gift of intercession. So he's like, I always have the burden for other people. But mm-hmm. I said, Lord, I will say to him, but I said, but you say, you know, my needs before I even bring them to oh. you. And if I put someone else's need above me, you think God's going to neglect yours? Uh. He would never do that. Mm-hmm. So it's important when you build these relationships and he gives you revelation because we're living in the age of revelation. Oh, yeah. He longs, like he longs to just for, to, for a sec to get us to the place where he can just open up. Look at Elder Dr- Jason Tracy. You know, all through what? One word. One word. And I'm like, I never saw that word before. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's what God is doing. He's blowing it up. He's showing, you know, showing us so many things. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> smiling. Getting ahead of myself. That's okay. Yeah. You mentioned about the precious real estate, your mind. Oh, man. Speak about that just a little bit. I think it ties in with what Don was saying about worship. Because yeah. if you are in fellowship unbroken fellowship and it's all it's 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 it's, you know like sometimes i was i was trying to find a word other than fellowship Mm -hmm. and i saw you know we talk about communion and like unbroken kind like um friendship like all of that i'm trying to find something that's contemporary enough but then i went back and said no unbroken fellowship because when i think about the garden of eden they they they, the uh the perfect pair before they Mm -hmm. sinned they had unbroken fellowship with god and it's easy when, because as a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit, yes. and it is the Holy Spirit who enables us to have unbroken fellowship. If we know the privilege of what we have mm-hmm. with having a Father mm-hmm. who is the King of the universe, yes. that we can go boldly to His throne. Mm-hmm. That means we're not going to be condemned, mm-hmm. because the Bible tells us that. If David said, if we, if you marked iniquity, who could stand in your judgment, but there's forgiveness with you. So you may be feared. So guess what? So you have this wonderful opportunity for you to go to him, to go to him and to spend that time with him. Mm. You know, it is so critically important that we really understand that this is, if there's any, if there's nothing else you do in this life right. as a Christian, mm-hmm. You need to know God for yourself. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in Revelation, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Right. How are you going to have a testimony if you don't know God? Yeah. 
okay, what testimony are you going to have? Your testimony is going to be like the same antediluvian after the door of the ark was shut. And they know they start to curse God. Because yeah. you hear the world now. If God is so loving, why did he allow the pandemic? You know, it's only when things bad, mm -hmm. God is a bad person. Yeah. You know, it's never like he said, for I give grain to the just and the unjust. Just, you, said. you know, it's always like God get a black eye because if God does this, if God does that. And it's that, 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 that slandering attitude of the, the enemy. Because mm -hmm. he, what he does is slander and he accuses. Yeah. But God is a God who forgives. And I love how God is that. Even in spite of it, even when we're not faithful, he's faithful. Even when we, when, when, when we turn our backs on him, he's still pleading. Mm -hmm. I have never experienced anything like that. Mm -hmm. I, I... Wow, wow, wow. Awesome, awesome. You mentioned about when Noah was in the ark uh -huh. and he talked about his pitch. Yes. But you said there's a deeper meaning to that. Oh, yes, what is that? Yes, I, I actually, that was eye-opening for me as in deeper study when I look at the word pitch. So the word pitch. So Noah was instructed to um, pitch the ark, you know, inside out to seal it. It was a part of the sealing to make it water resistant, you know, in the flood. And the word pitch came from a, a Hebrew word, kafar, K-O-P-H-E-R, which translates to atone, mm. to make atonement. So God, through Noah, through the act of what Noah was pitching, sealing, um, plastering the ark with the seal, God was through the centuries later telling Noah, listen, I'm going to send my son Jesus, and he's going to atone. Oh for all yeah. sins inside out. He's going to cover it. So the ark itself was a type of Jesus Christ. That is so powerful. So God, from the breach happened in the garden of Eden, God has been showing us his salvific plan. Yeah. Yeah. From Genesis to Revelation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just didn't catch that. Remember, you said the wood tie, and then my main thing, of course, is God shut the door. God shut the door. That's pretty much all God, you know. Right? And then there, God shut, he it. shut it. it. Yes. Was Noah. God, yeah, because you said, of, yeah, yeah, the spirit of prophecy, uh, patriots and prophets with the flood, that chapter of the flood. She said that, um, when Noah and his family had gone in, there was this glorious cloud that came down different from all the other and came down and came over the door and actually shut the door. So God himself came and That's shut powerful. the door. That's powerful. Right? And I, I even see a bigger picture because Jesus is the door. Uh, right? Yeah. He, it, and if you look at the Garden of Eden, there was one door. Yeah. So the ark had one door. Yeah. You know, the tabernacle entrance had one door. door. It's yeah. like, so it's like God is teaching us lesson after lesson after lesson after lesson that he opens and he closes and that he gives us divine mercy. Yeah. So we look at it with that he shows, you know, when I touched on Methuselah, that Methuselah was the longest living person, 969 years, and his name in itself was a prophecy. Because names names in those days had significant meaning. You didn't yeah. go name your kid. You know, I, I think I preached some years ago where uh, a parent um, wanted to name their ch child with a period, just a period sign, <laughs> the symbol period. 
yeah, literally, literally <laughs> like that. So we have time. We just name like we just feel good. Like you know what? I think I think Elon Musk did some yeah. thing. He named his kid some weird formula. Something yeah, formula. some formula like like, like yeah. yeah, you know whatever. But in those days, names had meaning. So God again through his redemptive plan to show man how much he loves man and want to save man. He gave Enoch, who was um, um, Methuselah's dad, yeah. Noah's, Noah's, Noah's great-grandfather, yeah. he gave, he, even though he took Enoch, because Enoch walked with God, you know, over 365 years, he walked with God. Right. But Methuselah, Enoch's son, mm-hmm. his name was a prophecy. And the prophecy was the same thing that Noah was warning about. Um, Methuselah's name was when he dies, yeah. it shall come. Yeah, you know, and it, it even, you know, so some authors suggest that, you know, he, the, you know, the day, the year he died, that was when the flood. But some even say, really, that it's actually the week he died that the flood came. But even so, mm-hmm. 969 years, God is saying, that's, that's how wow. extensive wow. God's mercy is. Wow. And we have to really look at it. That we know, and we know a Seventh-day Adventist about the 2300-day prophecy. Mm-hmm. And if we look at 457 BC, when the decree was given by Artaxerxes to 1844, when that 2300-year prophecy is that we're living on borrowed time. I know. What time is it? Look, 1844, we're in 2021. I know. I know. And we still, like you said, that's why I'm saying I am bawling my eyes out. I'm saying, God, have mercy. Mm-hmm. Have mercy. I keep saying, who can be saved, God? Who can be saved? Because our righteousness right now is really as filthy rags. One of the things I wanted to ask you also, prophecy in itself. A lot of um, our church would say, well, you know, prophecy is a little bit too difficult. I don't really want to deal with that. I don't really think that it's relevant. How relevant do you think prophecy is nowadays? Prophecy, I believe right now, is seminal. Next to love, which love is always. But prophecy right now, because prophecy is revelation. Prophecy, the word prophecy or the meaning of prophecy means to speak, is to bring revelation, illumination to God's mm-hmm. word. It is so important. And I, I don't know if we, as Seventh-day Adventists, if we do the best of jobs when we... um when we always just relegate prophecy to the historical, you know, I think that is one of the thing. And I think that's one of the thing that the young people, they miss like, like, what the heck? Like, why would I do that? Like, mm-hmm. You keep telling me about Nebuchadnezzar, whatever, whatever, whatever. What about What's going on? Are you telling me that God is not revealing anything like that? Mm-hmm. So if we make prophecy relevant to people mm-hmm. and really give people bite size and really just break it down. Just really just break it down in bite sizes. People would love prophecy. I see that prophecy is the most, like, one of the most seminal of all the gifts right now. All the gifts. I was just amazed as I tell you that I'm, I'm an Old Testament girl. I'm just an Old Testament. I love you, but I'm an Old Testament girl. And when I think about, when I saw the praise ministers, I call them praise ministers because Heman, was a prophetic seer. He was a singer. Mm. But sometimes when God's given revelation, it is through the singers. And so it is through the praising. When Elijah wanted to work the miracle 
for the, the water where uh, when Jehoshaphat and the king of Israel went yeah. to war, yeah. it was the prophet who he said the prophet needs to sing to so get the revelation from God. It is so deep. So sometimes when I see the praise team up there and I say, God, I know some of them are lyricists. Mm -hmm. I know that you have gifts that you want to give. They may have prophetic gifts. They're so It's so important, as I say, that alignment, that alignment, the church alignment, and make prophecy relevant. If you're talking about the 2300-year prophecy, you can't just stop at 1844 and just, you know, uh, this is the great disappointment yeah, and this yeah. and that. Because, listen, Uriah Smith and, you know, like the mm -hmm. technical things that people say, like, mm -hmm. well, what's happening today? Okay, I know that. The 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 the, um, the stars fell, you know, the meter show in 1833 and 1798. The sun didn't shine and all. I know, like I'm telling you these things because like that. But is anything happening today? <laughs> like really, nothing that happened today. You know. So we really have to make, and that's through spending time with God and the revelation He gives, and He gives some people pro prophecy. When I test. In like my spiritual giftedness, prophecy comes very, very high. But my prophecy, because there are different kinds of prophecy. Absolutely. So I, sometimes I get vision, but sometimes, you know, sometimes I can tell, like I can perceive, like my, I can perceive things in the spirit. Mm -hmm. Not like, you know, go tell people or go, you know, go predict or like, no, no, mm -hmm. like that. I can sense it. I can sense things in the spirit, but, but. I don't know. In the last days, he said he's going to pour out in greater measure. He talks in Joel. So who to say? There are times when I'll be talking to Joel, just like talking to him, and my ear would just pop, and I would just hear things like, way, 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 and it just goes away. So I'm like, okay, God, maybe he's a, what are you telling me? Something like literally. My, yeah. I would get a supernatural hearing, like just open up my ears, and I, but it just comes in and comes out. So I'm like, okay. You know, but I'm not going to go out there and be this, you know, fanatic, like, you know, this, I'm probably prophesying or whatever. It is, a, you know, want to desire it. But, you know, if God didn't give it to you, like First Corinthians 12, tell you that the Holy Spirit is the one who administered the gift. Don't yeah. go say you get a gift when yeah. God didn't give, yeah, when he didn't give it to you. Yeah. yeah. Mm, so, so true. My life is up to what you were I've saying. Been, I've been going on. No, I'm okay, sorry, guys. Hey. <laughs> okay. The sermon. But uh, <laughs> it was a good one. Uh, Mother Birch, speak about that. Oh, Mother I got to hear about Mother Birch. That Mother Birch. Yeah. Remember that, Don? Yeah. Mother Birch was amazing. She's dead oh, now? She's, no, she died in her 80s. She yeah. went to bed. Uh, she prophesied her death. Like, did not know somebody's going to go to sleep and not wake up. So, yeah, someone is going to go to sleep and not wake up, but it's just going to be a long sleep. Like, that's what she said. And that's exactly she went to bed that night. And just slept away. So her children woke up, um, went and checked on her the next morning, and there she was. Yes. But this woman, Dawn, I tell you, and I said that I know that it was the Holy Spirit that awakened that memory in me because I was so small. But I, I guess, as I said, a part of the whole prophetic, because I'm like five to seven to have that crystal clear memory of that woman. Because my granddad had a grocery shop and the church was like in the center of the town. Like, you know, there's a center of the town and the, there's a church and a hill. Mm -hmm. and at nights, like on a Sunday night, when everything is still, this woman's voice will just carry like a trumpet blast. And trust me, anything she says, it happens. And I just said, like, God, you're so loving that you warned. You, you gave us a prophetess in our community. I don't think the people think about like that. You know, they just call her a mother out of respect and know that she mm -hmm. had that. But right. she 
porn and she would repeat it three times so you know everybody's listening whose household she's gonna say this is happening when she's saying Sunday mm. Sunday mm. if you want to know who who is that <laughs> wow wow like with the weather I know for, for sure I have uh, my dad's uncle and his son perished at the first time like they went because she always warned like she would go to the beach and she will warn them and you know they're like you know of course you know look at jeremiah they think that they're crazy look at all the prophets that god said they always think they either beat them up or throw them into prison or something like so they thought like her like you know this woman was as i said poor like she wear these long skirts and long like I let you out, like long and I was telling like you know that the shoe I don't remember how I remember that shoe the butter brand because the butter brand like a poor person shoe and she would just pull up very fast she would hold her head down but when mother bird is ready to warn like she becomes she just morph in this woman where she has at five feet she have this voice that just carries totally carries so my aunt when she told me about the flood she was like do you remember that I was like I don't remember that I was too young and she was like yes you remember and I was like oh. and then I was like vaguely I remember but you know like I was a baby four that I remember standing in water and she told me that if my mom had not made a split second decision mm-hmm. that I would have drowned with the family because yeah. the water came in our house like boulders rock there was right now I think there is a, a column in the house that's just that was just knocked out because the boulders like my aunt she was like maybe around 10 or 12 and even when she was telling me there was fear there was fear into her she said you know as kids we think it's gonna rain so we get excited she said never again because of what what mother Bert warned about it right you know she warned to have people and i think for me what even resonated with me when you would have those fake false prophets those false people who come now because they hear about her death and they wanted to exploit her to take her to different she wouldn't have nothing but it's like they would do that you could just see i could just tell that the spirit of this this like they were not true christian they were just there was a profit motive with them but her she actually lived on the um the kindness of the community because she was so poor you know she would go and the fishermen they will give her you know some fish and this and so she did not so this was not something that she was doing to you know this was just yeah. so 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 see prophecy prophecy is not dead no. god is using prof- prophets and god's gonna raise a prophet he talks about it in joel that yeah. in the last days this is gonna happen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. wow oh, awesome yes awesome all right, guys, I think I have. I, I know I'm not the host, but I think I have. I'm looking at the clock, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching it too. That's understood. Well, Don, I tell you, if you don't have anything else, this is just powerful. It is. It is. It was very we powerful. Want to thank Tracy and Tracy for starting it off last uh, the night before. Yeah. And um, being the gardener. And next will be Barbara, I believe. Yeah, it's Elder tomorrow. Barbara. Elder. Nice tomorrow, tomorrow evening. Evening yes. at 7 30. Okay. She's going to be speaking about, yes, the plagues. Oh. So we want to go ahead and, and put a special prayer for her. Absolutely. And work is mm-hmm. what she needs to work for her. Mm-hmm. But as we always say, we want to thank the podcast listeners just for taking the time out. Mm-hmm. But before we do all that, we're going to ask our gracious speaker to lead us out in a word of prayer. I just want to thank you guys for this wonderful ministry before I pray that you guys are doing. I think you guys are having just this reach that that for some things that I believe we as 
um, servants of God, stewards of God that we do, we will not see the full impact until we reach the celestial shore and God shows us in panorama, heavenly panorama, how he, he sees that. And Dawn and Joe, I must say that I'm just so proud of you guys and just our Plantation Church family that um, the different platforms that God is using to you know, um, reach people. Yeah. And, you know, on this one, I think you guys complement each other so much. You know, Don, you, you're like this, um, Velvet. yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I was trying to find a word. So I'm so glad Joe, you chimed That's in. That's why I came that, across. You know, um, you just always have a calm about you just always just so, um, you know, deep in your reasoning and just critical in your thinking. And I, I just love that about you, sis. And, and Joe, I know you have your little lively, jokey self. Like he's like that, you know. It doesn't do much to please Joe. Like it, it does. he's like always happy-go-lucky. From I know Joseph, it doesn't. I seldomly see Joseph like um not smiling or being happy. He's just like that kind of guy. He's he's he's, he's a cool dude. You know. So right. So I'm glad this is being recorded. <laughs> Father, I just want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for the privilege today to bring a relevant word, a timely word to your people. God, you you placed it on my heart and I just availed myself to you, God. And I pray for those who may not have heard, God, that it's there that they will go and, 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 and check what time is it, Lord? What time is it? Jesus Christ is interceding. Jesus Christ is calling. And there's coming a time, God, when he will cease that intercessory work, when probation will close and he will give the final indictment. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. God, I want your people to be covered, to be atoned under the blood, the precious blood, the crimson flow that you ransomed us from sin. You gave your son to purchase us, God Almighty. What more could you have done? You gave yourself, God. And so, Father, I, I just pray, God, as Dawn talk about, we talk about the church and draw about the issue where people are just become so cavalier and so casual about their walk with you. God, we wanna know you deeply. We wanna understand, God, what you have done and to grow in our faith and to live out our witness that we will be that light on the hill, God. That we'll be the salt of flavor. Like God, we're seeing things rising up in our culture. We see things, God, that is coming with or not. We take a stand. We have to take a stand very soon, God. Mm. Persecution is coming for the church, God. Yes. God, we want to be ready. Yes. We want to be tethered to Jesus Christ. So when the storms of life come, even though it takes us out to sea, because we are tethered to him, we are pulled back to shore safely. Mm. And so, Father, I ask that you cover this ministry, that you'll open doors, God, communist countries, Lord God. Open doors, bust down some doors, destroy some dominion over some countries, God Almighty, so that your word can go forth, God, and that people will hear the gospel message, the gospel of hope and love and salvation and freedom and redemption, God, in you. So thank you again for this opportunity. May you continue to bless us. May you continue, Lord, to use us as we yield ourselves to you as servants of the living God. Lord, like Isaiah, like Samuel, Lord, here we are. Here I am. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Elder Don. You say Elder Don. You're calling me now. I'm calling Don. Don. That's an edit part. But uh, (laughs) Dion. Wow. (laughs) And Jack gave you such a great compliment. Yeah, I didn't give you that. But thank you once again, Sweetie. Thank you for coming on with us. And thank you for coming. Really appreciate that. Awesome. 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 For all our podcast listeners, we want to thank them. Just for taking the time out on a weekly basis to listen to us and listen to sermons that hopefully will change your lives. So it's always questions, comments, or any type of questions or comments. Just please reach out to us to 954-388-8780. And Don, let's take it away with the birthdays. Birthdays. Okay, so we have to have Lenny because we forgot Lenny. I have Lenny. June 1st with Lenny. And then we got Clifford Marr on June 8th. Look, I call him the first usher. The first usher? <laughs> you gotta have first something. First usher. Right? First usher. And then Whitney. Whitney, she's so amazing. Yes, yes. yes. You have Whitney, yes. Amazing voice, amazing ministry that she has with singing. Yeah. Well done. I tell you, I hope you have a good week. I understand you had a good time with the Pathfinders today. Adventurers, yes, we had an awesome day today. By the time this goes up, it's on Wednesday, right? So, yeah, okay. Well, thanks for the correction for doing that. Well, I'm hoping you enjoy the rest of the day. Yeah, you too. And uh, like I said, we want to, uh, um, like I said, uh, it's going to be Barbara Samuels tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking about the plagues at the Let's Talk About Him series, Spring Revival. Spring Revival. Yeah. And Restore. It's every night at 7.30, correct? Every night at 7.30. You got it right. And thank you once again, Jason Tracy, for setting it off. He's a gardener. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.